0: Mindfulness Mode, episode 47.
1: Go out in nature as much as you can. If you live in a city, go to a park.
0: Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for your great reviews on iTunes. I'm going to share a review by Don Hutchison. He said, much needed and well done. Bruce does a fine job of delving into what I believe is the single biggest issue on the planet, consciousness and the lack thereof. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Hilda Larson on the line today. Hey, Hilda, are you in mindfulness mode?
1: Oh, I certainly am.
0: Hilda Larson is a detoxification specialist, a speaker, and a certified health coach. Eight years ago, she was diagnosed with severe rheumatoid arthritis and Lyme disease. Her road to recovery has included a healthier lifestyle and raw foods. And now Hilda is thriving. She's living a vibrant life of passion devoted to sharing her success story with the world. So, Hilda, I'd like to start with this. Tell Mindful Tribe, what does mindfulness mean to you?
1: Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Bruce. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, Mindfulness for me, I would say, would be awareness. Um, Being aware that I am totally responsible for my whole experience of life and also being fully present. Uh, Being mindful is to me being present in the moment and acknowledging every step of the way. I mean, I I see such a great connection between the acknowledging, the presence and the responsibility that lays within that, you know, like owning it, owning your life. I think that's a lot of um, what I see in mindfulness.
0: Yeah, I do too. And I really like the way you've described it. Hilda, would you tell Mindful Tribe what inspired you to begin the practice of mindfulness?
1: Well, I would say maybe sadly, I was inspired in a way that too many get inspired. I got hit on the head so many times from the universe or from God or the creator that only severe illness you know woke me up Uh, I was living the life that a lot of people do totally not mindful at all just stressing along your life going to work you know not having a good diet too much stress too much seeking of the outside of success high heels and all and um not until I was really really sick uh was I awakened to what life was really about and um And yes, so that is kind of my passion, trying my best to help as many as I can not having to go there, Um, but to see this long before, you know.
0: Yes. Yeah. So Hilda, let's go back to that time before you discovered mindfulness and you were sick and you were frustrated and you were despondent. Tell us how it felt. Tell us what it was like and and how the light came on and then you discovered mindfulness.
1: Well, Bruce, um, you know, first of all, you live in a society where you are taught that if you have a problem or you're not feeling well or you're in despair, you know, for any reason, if it's emotional or physical, we have a pill or we have a Band-Aid for it. We we want it to go away, right away. So I went down that route, you know, first of all, I went to the medicals, I went to the, the drugs, I went to the hospitals, I was tangled in this whole business of trying to fix something, trying to fix it with a quick fix uh, and not, you know, not clear healing. I was not listening to my soul at all. Um, And while going down that road, I just got to a point where everything was shutting down. I mean, I wasn't just shutting down physically. I was shutting down spiritually. I think my whole being was just screaming at me that I needed to stop what I was doing because I was, in fact, dying.
0: Wow, wow. And then and then slowly, I, I imagine slowly, but then things started to change. And what was that first glimmer of change that you experienced?
1: Well, you know, I was lucky enough to get a wake-up call from Spirit. I, I had a dream, actually, where oh. all of my medication just blew up right in front of me. Wow, what a dream! So strong, it was so strong. I I just woke up in the middle of the night and I was sweating, and I was just like, "Oh my god, I can't do this anymore." And the very same day, I sat down in my living room, waiting for my husband to come home from work. I sat there and I just told him, and I said, "I'm stopping everything now," because I had started to go to university to be a journalist. I had gone from one practice to another. I was an interior designer. I was very successful. I went to journalism. I was the person that could do, you know, a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Mostly actually we are, you know, the ones that get really hit the wall. You you know, you've gone you've gone you've you've used your life full speed to say, you know, to say the least. So I'm sitting there on the sofa and it was just like something clicked. I told him, I am I'm sitting here now and I'm laying down and I'm stopping all my medications and I'm stopping school. I'm stopping everything. And I'm going to lay here until one out of two things happen. Either I die or I get healthy. Nothing wow, that else. I is mean, one of those has to happen. Yeah. And
0: was. so what did happen? How did and how did it happen?
1: Well, I I died. I, I feel I died. That's what happened. Oh. I, I got so sick when I stopped all the medications because then my body was really showing me how sick I was. You know, I wasn't mending anything anymore. Right. I wasn't suppressing any symptoms. Yes. I was just I was just me again, naked. And I got so sick and I got so inflamed. You know, I couldn't even open my mouth because my jaw was so inflamed and I couldn't move. So I just laid there. And did your husband
0: years. urge you to get back on the meds again then?
1: No, he did not. No, he did not. God bless his soul. Mm-hmm. No, he did not. He, he was always so supportive. Like he knew. I think my inner strength was so, I was so particular. I was so clear and so confident in myself that I, I told him at night because my heart was not beating. For several years, my heart was not beating uh, regularly. You know, it was jumping and skipping beats and all over the place. Oh, like and
0: palpitations.
1: I, yeah. And I told him. When we went to sleep, I said, whatever happens, do not call the ER. And there was no ambulance ever coming to this house. I was just so done. It was like it, I, I put this in God's hands. It, it was just too much you know, for me to try to figure out. That's, that's the calling that I got. It's just get out of your way, Hilda. Just get in, out of your mind, get into your soul and your heart. And that's what I mean with mindfulness. It's just like all of a sudden – Everything outside me, all the medications and all the hospital visits and everything I've been going through for years was just didn't matter anymore. It was oh, just man. not important. I just didn't care. I, I, couldn't li- I couldn't do that. That was not living for me and it was not natural. And being told that I could never get well, that I could never get healthy, that I would get more and more crippled and need more and more special aids, it was not ringing right with my soul. There was just something in me saying, hey – you know, this can't be right.
0: No, I can believe it. And so you were laying there, you were sick, you were inflamed. Was there some voice in your mind telling you, though, that with some kind of mindfulness, you were slowly moving forward?
1: Absolutely. I was so guided to go into that. Well, I started with the Louis Hay, you know, the affirmations. Yes. I was so led to everything that I had to do with a meditative state, everything that I had to do with stillness to listening within, you know, changing my inner talk. That was that was where I started long before I started the raw food. That was where my journey started. I was led to the soul journey or the spirit journey first. That's what I call it, mm-hmm. you know. So absolutely, the mindfulness was a big part of of what I was kind of In a way, it sounds negative when I say clinging to, but it kind Mm -hmm. of feels like that when you're so sick, because it feels like everything that you're kind of walking towards is like a clinging because you're just, you know, you're reaching with one arm saying, okay you know, all I can do right now is put my arm out and then just hope that there's something in the other end that's going to pull me, you know, out of this.
0: Right. So Louise Hay was one of the influences that helped you. And when did meditation become part of your life?
1: It became part of my life, I think, maybe the same day that I just sat down. I I was led to that. And actually, looking back, I had started, you know, little seeds had been planted in me. So before this day... I didn't notice it then, but I, I can notice it looking back that I had been implanted with little things like being introduced to meditation and being introduced to Louis Hai. I had been introduced to her, to her before that point. Mm-hmm. I had been introduced to her while I was still on medication. I just didn't know how important that teaching was going to be to me before after, you know. Yes. So I have you know the two first books that I have uh, from her, the one, the f- very first one, "You can Heal Your Life." I think it fell apart at the end. I read it so many times. Uh I mean, I was just holding on to it 24-7 for a while.
0: Wow. Wow! What a story, Hilda. It really is. And so then when did raw foods become part of this whole picture?
1: Well, the further I went along and read about you know healing you know i dived into everything Mm -hmm. i had one savior you know on this that was my computer and thank god for the internet you know at that time yes there was no facebook and no no social media like that but there was cure zone and forums where people you know were showing up trying to help each other so there was a community because i was totally isolated on the second floor in my home for several years Mm -hmm. and Uh, You know, totally left to my own trying to untangle myself from what I had entangled myself into. Um, And the raw food was just something that showed up very silently. I think I just one by one step started to take away things that were not that optimal for me, you know. And of course, I looked at different diets and I tried, you know, elimination diets and all of this and all of that. Uh, but at the same time, the raw was always of which sounded to me very strange, but still the most natural. And I'm kind of a fearless person um, and love to try things. So when I start to do something, I usually die right into it like, like, a, like a project, like I'm on a mission. But the raw food, it kind of just snuck up on me it was kind of just, you know, peeking me on, on the shoulder saying, hey, you know, I'm an, I'm an apple, have another one. Yes. So before I knew the word of it, I just had a couple of raw food books. I started watching David Wolf and those guys back in the days and, and really, you know, dove into it. And that inspired me. And, I mean, that really inspired me because that rang true. I mean, all of a sudden I found something that just, Instead of getting the beep beep, you know the red bell or, or the or the the dreams about medicine blowing up, I was getting this, you know, tingling inside, you know, with the green light saying, yeah, 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 you know, you're onto something.
0: Yeah. So, so Hilda, explain to us how, to you, raw foods and mindfulness are connected.
1: Oh, that is the best part, I think, and not only raw food, but the wild food. I'm a wild food, you know, maniac. Oh, I, I can't
0: wait this. to hear about this.
1: Yeah. So. The mindfulness and and the raw food is all about the energy because it's all connected and everything that is of the source or is of God or is of nature is interconnected by vibration. It's all living energy. Nothing is still. So the way I see it is that the more raw you eat, the more connected you are with yourself and with Mother Earth and you are by that you know, more mindful, you can't separate that, you know, the same way you can't separate the body or the emotions or the soul or the spirit. It's all connected. It's all interwoven. Um, and the more raw I ate, the more detoxified my body got, the clearer my mind was and the calmer my spirit was, and the more mindful I was. And then to take it to another level, I was guided into the woods through a lot of dreams and revelations. uh, But just from being there and walking barefoot will shift your mind into a natural state of mindfulness. That's why so many go outside hiking and they feel so invigorated afterwards. It's just because they they were grounded, you know, they were connected with the negative ions.
0: Right. So when you talk about wild food, I can just see you, Hilda, you're you're walking through the meadow or through the, the woods and you see berries or you see some kinds of foods there that you can eat. Is that right? Can you explain more about what that's like?
1: Yeah. I mean, that is, that's one of my passions. I have connected with the wild edibles in form of what we call weeds. Most of us call them weeds, like dandelions, plantains, stinging nettles, ground elders. I mean, most people even know what that is, but they see them as backyard weeds. You know, the na- nature has provided these things for us. They're the wild greens. There are the herbs. And when you talk about ra- raw food and vibration, and you go to the wild foods like that, the greens, you can also go to the berries. Of course, there are wild berries today. But where I live, mostly I I have the greens. Their nutritional making and their vibration, they're authentic. I mean, nothing almost that we grow today are authentic or is authentic like Mm -hmm. the wild. And the energy, I mean, you can't even compare them. I, I pick them right there and then. I take them home. I put them in my smoothie and I drink it. So within an hour of them living out in the woods, in the free, they're in my body and the, the na- nature and me, actually maybe it maybe sounds crazy, but we are connected like that. And food is so much more than what you can break it down to be in nutri- nutritional wise, like vitamins, minerals, amino acids, lipids. so much more than that. we're talking energy, right. vibration.
0: Yeah, and I can see how nature is a huge part of this. So you live in beautiful Norway. And so can you bring nature into this and explain how nature and mindfulness for you are related?
1: Yeah, I mean, that is – I those two cannot be separated at all. I, I need to go out every single day. You know what, Bruce? What I think is the way we live today in houses, using phones, computers. We even live in high-rises We are so disconnected from the vibration of the earth. All of this equipment and this EMF disturbance, so to speak, is positively charged for ourselves, while Mother Earth is negatively charged. So when you put your feet on the ground, you are surged with negative ions which will nil out all those positive ones and all the stress factor that they impact on your cells. Okay, so, so
0: I want to pause here just for a second because I want to be completely clear. Are you saying that you feel that Wi-Fi signals and all of these wireless signals that are going through the air are negatively affecting us?
1: Absolutely, no doubt about it.
0: And how can we escape that?
1: What we can do, well, there are some devices, and that's, I think, it's a whole show in itself. But there are a lot of devices that you can do that will disturb all those signals, you know, and protect you. But nothing can do what Mother Earth can do. We are supposed to live on the Earth, in the wild. We are not born with shoes. We are supposed to connect with Mother Earth. And the healing in that, you know, only from hugging a tree is healing. Trees mm. emanate energy and vibration that is healing to the human body but back to the the i how to protect yourself or how to uh, balance that negative effect is what you're asking yes. go out in nature as much as you can if you live in a city go to a park take off your shoes you need to connect physically take off the rubber shoes you need to connect physically with the ground or with a tree if you just put take off your gloves or you have your bare hands you can hold on to a tree and you are connected. Once you are connected, you are protected. Once you are connected, you are cleansed from the effects of those positive eons. It's true. It's a true story. And there's, there's a lot of science behind that. So it's very fun to look into that. I started a whole movement of tree huggers. So I'm the, also the crazy tree hugging uh, lady. And I tell you mindfulness. I go into the woods and I hug a huge pine tree. Oh, there is not a time when I'm so mindful as that. I'm just connecting and the signals and the inner knowing. I mean, everything. You can't get at that in in an office.
0: No, and I just love hearing you describe this because it makes me feel like I want to run out of my studio and and go into the woods. And I have right outside my window beautiful trees and woods and, and a ravine, and I could just run down there. And I love nature myself, so I love how you're bringing mindfulness and explaining to us how mindfulness is a huge part of this. So, Hilda, when did you start sharing this with others and you became a detoxification specialist? And tell us about that.
1: Well, I always liked, you know, communicating and interacting with others. So while I was sick, I was always helping someone online that was sicker than me. I was always in service, so to speak. I, I have this thing that followed me through the woods from the day that I could take my first step again. And I always told myself, or myself, I always said, thank you for this healing show me the way, how can I serve? So I've always been showed to serve, you know, along the way. And the better I got, you know, the more people I could help. And then I thought, hey, you know, I should I should do something more about that. I might, you know, educate myself. Um, and I took the um, education from IIN, the Institute for Integrated Nutrition, and I got my certification there as a health coach And then the more I got into the the raw food, detoxification, and I met the beautiful Dr. Robert Morris, which was my mentor for years. He's a dear friend of mine. And he has the International School of Detoxification in Florida. And um, I was, you know, as I was good enough to travel and starting to get really well, I was just drawn to doing that. And all along, I've been helping people. But now I made it into my business.
0: Right. And so your road to recovery, I can just see how you've just gradually, gradually improved. But I want to talk about discipline and boundaries. How did you make sure that you kept improving and that you didn't sink back into that that other life?
1: Mm. Well, that is an interesting question because I see people around me all the time. And now as a coach in my professional life, there are so many people, sadly, that we, we have we have it's like we have a problem. We are so conditioned to differentiate between good and bad or easy and hard. Uh, and when the road is considered hard or not as easy, it's harder to do. I was lucky because within me, I really never had that. I mean, you could hit me and say, OK, this is what you need to do. Okay, well, it's going to be hard. So, well, you're not going to like it. So, and it's not going to taste good. Well, so, so it was like I was driven by a force that was only saying one thing, healthy, healthy, healthy. And my focus on the ball was so strong that any obstacle on the way I never even noticed because I was not taking my eye off that ball. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like when you're driven like that, I was so passionate because I knew I had made that declaration. I get healthy or I die. So remember, the, for me, there, there was no option. I mean, I, I had to choose life or not. I, I didn't see an option. I knew that if I... Fall off of this, or if I don't continue with what I'm doing, which is making me better, I'm going back to where I was, which was no alternative for me. And I think it, that is, you know, the passion you need to find within yourself. You have to revisit why is it that I'm doing this, you know, and and is it a good thing? Yes. So everything I was doing was a good thing, and my goal was brilliant. So anything that would stray me from that would be and intervene, you know, intervenes from either my inner parasites, or it'll be my shadows, or it'll be something that I needed to heal. And I think I was very aware of that. I was very mindful of all of those things, because I knew I was on a healing journey. And I had educated myself, you know, on my own case on myself, which I also talk a lot about, I mean, taking responsibility for me. Right. You know, that that, that, that had made me be the boss of my life. And then I could not blame anything on anybody. You just took charge. Yes.
0: You really did. And your story is so incredibly inspiring. Hilda, I've worked in bullying prevention for over a decade, and I've seen how, how the practice of mindfulness can make a huge difference in the lives of children and adults who have been bullied. But I'm wondering if you have a story of any kind about bullying, whether it involves adults, children, yourself, and how mindfulness has been involved.
1: Well, actually, I have been, you know, scalded from bullying. And I think my whole life, my childhood was very harmonious. And, and, but when you say that, when you say bullying to me, I, I have a reaction. And that is, yes, I can see how I was bullying me. Ah. You know, very clearly, a lot of people that end up like this, we have very strong inner critiques. And yes. I, I was, if I was bullied from, you know, maybe my family and the people around me, you know, looking back, you could you could have episodes and say that's bullying. But to me, it was more like a conditioning, you know, conditioning that happened over the, you know, it was like nineteen six, end of the 60s, you know, that was the way we did it. And, you know, a lot of things were going on, you know, in, in the, re- you know, family relations and the way, you know, children were treated and maybe lack of the, to, you know, maybe not told they were loved as much, you know, all of that. But, you know, doesn't matter that much. I think what matters is what we, you know, we bring it onto ourselves, which I did. I, I, you know, I was telling myself terrible things for years and, and the self lack of self love. I mean, once you start loving yourself, you have to stop hurting yourself because you cannot hurt what you love. Right. So that is another topic, which is very hot with me is the self love and right, you know, stop bullying yourself.
0: Right. But how do we use mindfulness to achieve that?
1: Well, uh, being present and focusing within will, you know, will shred every need of the ego to attack, I think, or to analyze or to look at the lack of uh, and all of those feelings. And I think once you get into that space of gratitude, because that is a big word, then... Whatever you focus on grows, right? So, the more that I see I can help people to get into the mode of being just being in that where source and being mindful about everything in your day, you know, just thing by thing, then all the clutter that you use because you're in pain will just shred away.
0: Yes. And how do you feel that gratitude and mindfulness are connected?
1: Oh, well, gratitude. You know gratitude will put you in a sense of awareness every second because when you focus on being grateful you have to be 100% mindful you cannot be lost in anything else when you're grateful plus it is a feeling right it, it's not a mindset it, it gra- gra- gracious or gratefulness is a is a feeling and once you connect with, with those good feelings you're always grounded in yourself you cannot go with it with a sense of feeling gratitude and at the same time be stressed out of something, or lose your mind into a fight or, or something that is going to lead you or sway you off from the focus, right?
0: Yes, right. Hilda, I think every cell in your body is mindful. I just feel like you have such a great sense of mindfulness and and how you know we talk about nature, we talk about raw raw food, we talk about gratitude. But to you, all of those things are one. They're all connected. Am I right?
1: Yes, they are. And isn't that amazing? It's like this wheel, this ball of nature. It's like everything is connected. It's It's just like one big pulse. And, right. and, and, yeah.
0: That's what I'm feeling from you. Hilda, my next questions are part of the multimode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice?
1: Oh, I would say Eckhart Tolle, probably oh. the first one.
0: Oh, I love him. How has mindfulness affected your emotions?
1: Well, I think it has led me to acknowledge them, accept them and work through a lot of them, you know, and to make them be a part of my aware life.
0: Hilda, tell us how breathing is a part of your mindfulness practice.
1: Oh, I had to learn to breathe again. I was breathing so shallowly, I was not even aware of it. And breathing, pranayama, has been a great practice for me. And I've done rebirthing. Oh, great topic. I love breathing. And breathing is connecting. Connecting with God, you know, we are we are breath. Without it, we are we, not <laughs> we're not here.
0: Hilda, if you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would it be?
1: Well, I in on that topic. I'm holding on to the uh, new a new earth with Eckhart Tolle. I mean, yes. that book it was it was it, it came out I think in 2008, mm-hmm. just the time that I needed it the most. And I just I swallowed it with everything, you know. I was like a sponge. So that always, you know, it sits with me still.
0: Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful?
1: No, I cannot. I'm not an app person. I just don't app. (laughs) (laughs) What
0: (laughs) What advice would you give a person who is new to the idea of mindfulness and they'd like to start implementing it into their life?
1: Oh, I would say find a good meditation practice. That's what I would do. Just sit still, close your eyes and sit still and see if you can get your mind to shut up. It's hard. But that's what I would say. Meditation, definitely.
0: And so, Hilda, tell us about your meditation. What does it look like? Is it guided? Is it timed? How long do you meditate each day? Or is it daily? Tell us about that.
1: Well, it has been a lot of different things. I went through a phase with a lot of good guided meditations. That's really what I needed. And I actually, for seven years, I listened to the Holosync Um meditations which is the um binaural delta wave thing that you listen to for an hour so that was an hour a day and then i kind of not too long ago actually went over to that complete stillness just sitting and then (laughs) i left that too now actually just the last six months i noticed that i do less and less of that because you know what I feel I'm in a meditative state when I'm in the woods. And I go for 30 minutes diligently every single day into the woods. I take off my shoes, snow, ice, I don't care. I don't walk for 30 minutes in the snow uh, barefoot. But I take them off and I walk maybe three minutes when it's uh, in the snow. I hug a tree. And during that time, it's my time. I, I don't take my, you know, I turn off the phone, everything. And that is meditation to me right now.
0: Hilda, you are so inspiring. And it has been such a complete pleasure to spend this time with you today. I just I just can see the image of you out there in the woods and the snow and hugging the tree. And I just really enjoyed talking with you today, Hilda. So tell us how Mindful Tribe can contact you and learn more about what you do.
1: Well, I have a website which I love very much, uh, and it's uh, quite easy to remember. It's inspiredbyhilda.com. Inspired by Hilda. I also have a YouTube channel, same name. Um, I'm on Facebook. I have a page there also, inspired by Hilda. So I'm pretty easy to get a hold of, and um, yeah, and through all of those channels. And if you go on my website, you can, you know, you can just click a button for all my social media links.
0: Of course and I just want to emphasize to mindful tribe Hilda is spelled H I L D E H I L D E so remember inspired by hilda.com and be sure to visit the website because Hilda is just I mean this is just the tip of the iceberg I just feel it there's so much that Hilda has to offer so thank you once again for being with us here on Mindfulness Mode Hilda
1: well, thank you for having me. And as a last note, I, I just want to say that if you subscribe for my newsletter on the website, I keep sending up you know goodies, like videos or free ebooks. I have a couple of free ebooks out uh, and videos that I've done. So that might be fun, you know, if you're interested in the topic.
0: Wonderful. Thanks again. Bye now. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. In appreciation, I'll mention you at the top of an upcoming show. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.